What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. They're also diehard Broncos fans and CSU alums, so you know that they are good people. If you're wondering if the rates are as good as you're hearing, you gotta call them. They're just, they're flat out incredible, and they can save you hundreds of dollars a month, potentially even thousands of dollars in interest over the lifetime of your loan. I mean, who doesn't want to save thousands of dollars? These guys can help you find out if you're able to reduce, maybe even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums. But hey, since refinancing isn't right for everybody, Mike and Virginia will run a quick analysis and honestly let you know whether refinancing might be right for you. Visit them at DNVR Mortgage and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choosing. Most importantly though, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Another week of college football. We got a big one, rival game here against Air Force. A game we haven't won down there since 2002. And uh, a game we haven't won, period, in the last five years. So uh, this is a big game. All rivalry games are huge games. And uh, this is an outstanding football team. Uh, tremendous coach in Troy Calhoun. Uh, talented team. Really impressed with their whole offensive line, the way they come off the ball. Quarterback's a competitor, athlete. Really good fullbacks. Two of them that can run the ball real strong. And uh, obviously an offense that's very difficult to prepare for. Powerful, explosive, and uh, presents a lot of challenges. On defense, they really have some great stats on defense. Uh, big, strong guy in George Slavanic. Uh, Parker Noren, uh, one of their backers, big physical guy. And one of their DBs, Elijah Palm, outstanding. But uh, they're well coached. They play really hard, as you would anticipate. And uh, very, very impressed you know, watching their tape you know, this season. So big challenges. And uh, really looking forward to this game Thursday at noon. A lot of fun to be able to play on Thanksgiving Day, midday against a rival. So happy to answer any questions. Hey, Coach. Justin Michael of DNVR here. You know, a lot of attention naturally goes to the offense with Air Force, but they're coming off of a game in which they pitched a shutout. What jumps out to you about their defense on film? Well, they're very, very physical and uh, big. And um, I think what happens to you a little bit uh, on offense is you don't get to touch the ball that often. Um, so sometimes you press. And I think he can get you out of rhythm really quick. There was a lot of long foul balls in that game. And every time there's a long foul ball, or for that matter, a drop ball, you are second down and, and you're getting behind the sticks. With that team, uh, Air Force, you got to play a field position game. You better darn well, if you don't score points, you better put them on the long field. So being three and out without getting a couple of first downs, you're going to put them on the short field. When that happens, you got problems. Third down defense has been, you know, something that you've preached a lot. And it was obviously a big factor in that Fresno State game, not as much in the in the Boise State game, just given, you know, the block punts and, and how that game kind of turned out. Is third down defense, you know, even more important in, in a 
game against Air Force, just given what you talked about and how they can control possession and really just keep the football away from you? Well, against Air Force, every down is critical because they're a four down team. I mean, you give them any kind of field position or even not, they're very likely to be a four down team. It's a different game in its entirety. That doesn't mean they won't beat your tail throwing the ball now. It just, but, but every down matters. You know, you get the second and six against this team, you are now in trouble. You know, because it's second and six, in their minds, they've got three downs to get a first to get six yards. So the real key to me is you've got to create negative yardage plays and you got to keep their run game, you know, three yards or less. If they start getting four yards at a clip, you know, you don't have to be a mathematician. You know, four, four, four is 12. So, and that's what they're really good at. They're outstanding. And, uh, and yet they can throw the ball and they can pass it too. So you better watch out. You know, a year ago, that was a problem for us here. You know, threw the ball on us. So it's why it's so challenging. What's up, my friends? We are back, back, back in black, back indeed, and back ready to talk about some Air Force option attack. I don't know, that intro really got away from me. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be back for Rivalry Week. It sucked not having any football to talk about last weekend. I've been pretty open about, you know, my opinion that it was probably the right thing for the for the program, just given the circumstances you'd essentially been preparing for UNLV for an entire week. Your alternatives were playing Wyoming for the second time in three weeks or facing a Colorado team that's looked pretty good on basically no preparation and even worse, you'd have to go to Boulder. So I just think with everything that happened, this was probably the best thing for CSU football. Hopefully you'll be able to make up that UNLV game down the line. But it was just kind of interesting. We asked Dazio as well as some players a couple of times this week if if they just thought, you know, it was easier going through that process of having get a game get canceled the second time through. And they were all pretty honest. You know, I think everybody is just kind of in the same boat in the sense that everyone was honest about it being frustrating. It sucks. You, you know, you get all psyched up. You get in this mindset to go play football. And then all of a sudden you get the the rug pulled out from underneath you at the last moment. But also just, you know, given that it's 2020 and, you know, looking at the state of college athletics across the country or just looking at the COVID-19 situation across the country, I think everybody understands that nothing about this season is, is going to be normal. And so you just got to adjust and you got to move on. And that's what CSU football has got to do this week. And it's it's a pretty tough matchup with Air Force. I think given that Air Force had a bunch of opt-outs before the season, People were kind of cocky or, or just more confident, I guess, would be the better way to phrase it going into this matchup, at least coming into the season. There, there just wasn't a lot of confidence nationally in Air Force football as a whole. You know, most of the beat reporters took them to finish near the end of the conference. I don't have a vote in that. I wouldn't have took them at the bottom, but I definitely wouldn't have taken them at the top. But, you know, this is this is an Air Force team that's proven like most Troy Calhoun teams, that they're well-coached, that they're disciplined, and that they're going to play really hard, you know? <laughs> they they got beat down by Boise State a little bit, but that's going to happen. 
really other than that, you know, they've been really competitive. They lost a tough game against San Jose State, who's, you know, they've proven to be one of the best teams in the in the conference. So that's not necessarily something to be embarrassed about at this point. I'd say this uh, this CSU game is probably their most even matchup that they've played this season, at least since Navy. That Navy game was really weird in hindsight because it's not like Navy's been bad this year and and Air Force just beat the living hell out of them. But I always wonder how much of that went into you know preparation when you have weeks and weeks and weeks to prepare for one opponent and one opponent only kind of gives you an advantage, especially you know when it's a rival. The Service Academy game's a big deal. I don't know. I, I just think some some it went into that a little bit. I think Navy underestimated Air Force. Like I said, for all the reasons that I was just talking about, the same reasons that the Mountain West beat reporters underestimated Air Force. You know, you thought all the opt-outs would play a bigger factor. You lost Donald Hammond. You know, you, you'd think that losing a really experienced starting quarterback would hurt the offense more. But Air Force, they just kind of plug and play and they move on. And it's really quite remarkable what they're able to do under Calhoun. I know he he's not a very popular guy in Fort Collins. And the chop blocking stuff is is definitely controversial and can be frustrating when you're the team going up against it but i definitely have an admiration for the air force academy i grew up going to a lot of a lot of air force games i actually went to more air force games than csu games growing up even though you know my family cheered for csu you know all that aside the thing about air force is you know what you're gonna get with the falcons it's it's not like all of a sudden they're gonna come out and you know run the spread against you or you know, steer away from what they do there. They're going to run that triple option offense. They're going to lean on the ground game. They're going to try and beat you up the middle with fullback dives. They're going to try and get your defensive ends out of position with those counters and misdirections. You know, it's, it's all about being disciplined, being sound. And if you can stick to your assignments over the course of the game, you know, you're probably going to have a decent amount of success against Air Force what Adazio talked about is the big thing is you really just can't let them get that ground game going. If they start running at four or five yards a pop, they're just going to kill you. You have to create plays. You got to, you know, push their offensive line back at the line of scrimmage. You just, you got to create some negative yardage plays or they're just going to wear you down. It's so hard to consistently, you know, hold them to one to two yards, especially, you know, especially if they're killing it on those fullback dives and the runs right up the gut. That's kind of the the center of, of what makes that entire offense work is being able to push it up the gut. When they can do that, Air Force can pretty much do anything because then there's a billion different variations that they can do off of it. So I'm really, really looking for those guys on the interior to step up this week. You know, Manny Jones, Toby McBride, the linebackers. You need all of those guys in the front seven to really just ball out like they did against Wyoming. And then, you know, with your secondary... They can't miss tackles. They're the last line of defense. You know, if if they squeak through and they get through the front seven, you need your safeties, you need your corners. You got to be able to trust them to limit those runs so that they're not big. And then, you know, obviously you can't get lulled over the top. Adazio talked about how Air Force beat them with the passing game a little bit last year. You know, only threw for like 100 yards, but they had three passing touchdowns. Also had a pick six on Patrick O'Brien that was just brutal. But, you know, three passing touchdowns. If Air Force gets three touchdowns through the air, they're almost never going to lose because you know they're going to go for 200 yards on the ground. That's that's just what they do. You know, Adazio told us that he actually ran the triple option offense as a high school head coach before he got into the college ranks and did that for about seven or eight years. 
and he has great admiration for it. I actually grilled him on it a couple of times and I'll probably play that audio on tomorrow's podcast of Adazio just kind of talking about his admiration for this option offense. You know, I kind of asked him point blank, why don't, you know, more, you know, why don't more teams run it? And you could just tell it's, it's all about show and, you know, everybody loves to see the passing offense and it's, it's just more sexy and all that. But as a smash mouth grind, grinded out kind of guy, you can tell Adazio, you know, he, he lives for this shit. He loves it. So I'll be, you know, I'll be curious to see how he handles it. Bobo was able to win his first game against Air Force and he never beat him again. Uh, really, the the history, the series history does not favor CSU. They haven't won in the spring since 2002. That's obviously the year that they won the Mountain West Championship. Haven't won overall since 15, beat them in 13. But really, I mean, Air Force 14 and 6 against the Rams since 2000. This is a big game for CSU. This is an opportunity for the Rams to really just kind of prove how tough they are. Yeah, you know, you're still working on some things. You're still trying to limit explosive plays. You're still trying to, you know, get some consistency in that passing offense. And you're trying to establish your running game still. All of that stuff was really to be expected. You know, you're implementing new systems in all three phases of the game. You had limited training camp. But right now, it's a rivalry game. It's national TV. Most people are off on Thanksgiving. You have a chance to capture some eyes that are not normally tuned into CSU. What are you made of? You know, you stepped up big time against Wyoming. You didn't do that against Boise State. It's it's a big prove-it game for the Rams, especially given that, you know, they lost a game that, well, at least temporarily lost a game that they probably would have won in UNLV. So this is a big game. It's a big weekend, and I'm, I'm actually going to preview some of the games I'm really excited for uh, from a gambling perspective at the end of this podcast, but we're, we're getting to the exciting part of college football season. Before we move on, I want to tell you guys about a really exciting sale that we've got coming up. You know, it's Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, Cyber Monday, all of that. Everybody loves to do their shopping. You know, you want to get your loved ones, your friends, something dope. Well, over here at DNVR, if you're looking for good ideas for Christmas, for Hanukkah, just, you know, if you just want to get your friend a gift just because, or maybe you're looking to treat yourself. We're excited to announce our Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Get up to 80% off the entire store. Yes, 80% off. Plus, if you spend $75 pre-tax, we'll also give you a $15 gift card that you can apply starting Tuesday, December 1st in the DNVR locker. Last but not least, if you do subscribe to an annual membership valued at $59.99, you get a $60 gift card to the DNVR locker. That gift card will also be applied starting Tuesday, December 1st to any purchase. It's a great time to support DNVR. You know, unfortunately, we're in lockdown again. We had to close the DNVR bar. We are doing some carryout specials on the weekend. Shout out to everybody that does that. But we're just trying to give you guys a killer deal on merch. And we appreciate everybody that, you know, just wants to help out their favorite sports media company. So head over to the DNVR locker and check out everything that we have to offer on Black Friday and Cyber Monday all weekend. Check out all those dope deals. Gear up, baby. The other thing that I wanted to tell you guys about is, you know, it's the season of giving, and to celebrate the start of the most joyous time of year, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players the opportunity to cash in a no-brainer this Thanksgiving. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to double your money if either Baltimore or Pittsburgh scores a touchdown. You heard me right. If either team scores a touchdown, you double your money up to $25 on the bet. I mean, that's that's as easy as pie, folks. 
place the bet, get you that free money, double it. Maybe you can, you know, buy yourself some DMVR swag with those winnings. Ding, ding, ding. But on top of that great offer, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. The holiday season is a time for family. Curl up on the couch with your favorite sportsbook. Make it rain. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to double your money if either Pittsburgh or Baltimore scores a touchdown in Thursday night's game. That's right, all it takes. One touchdown, you double your money. Go check it out. Sign up with the promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, Trey, Justin Michael here at DNVR. You know, second time you guys have had a game canceled this season. Was it any easier the second time to get that news? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It sucks. Um, we you know we're in the middle of the game plan for UNLV. We're ready to go. We're all excited to play. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's just taken from you. So definitely frustrating, but um, nothing really we can control. So we just kind of moved our focus to Air Force and, and, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that we had a couple more days to prepare for Air Force, I think. You know, I think some of the fans were a little bit disappointed that you guys didn't play CU or Wyoming or something like that. Just as a player, do you think that would have even been possible on, on two days preparation? Or is that, you know, fans just not really understanding how this whole process works? Yeah, I think it's just, I don't, I mean, I really don't know what uh, was going on with our athletic director, their athletic director, if that was even an option, if that was even really spoken about, it could have all just been rumors, but uh, that would have been hard to play on a couple of days notice, but I know uh, our head coach and, and I know how he's wired and stuff, and I know he would have been willing and able to play no matter who, you know, steps on that field. So I think he wanted to play. Um, it just didn't work out or if it was just, you know, rumors, whatnot. So uh, I know he wants to play as many games as possible. He doesn't care who we play, where we play. He just wants to play. And same with all of us. All right, we're basically done here. So I'm just going to wrap it up with a few things, a few games that I'm excited for from a gambling perspective this weekend. I just briefly wanted to play that audio from Trey McBride, uh, especially now that it has come out that the Pac-12 is not going to let Washington go to BYU. I just think it's interesting. Uh, it seems like they're really sticking to their guns in terms of that policy of if you are going to play a non-conference member, it has to be you know, at a Pac-12 facility. If there's no wiggle room for a top 10 you know, BYU team, there was never going to be any wiggle room for you know, CU to come to Fort Collins. I think it's just a good reminder of that. But I did want to ask Trey McBride you know, what his perspective on that was, You know how would it be, you know, impossible to play a team like that on two days rest? And basically, you know, Trey, being smart, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, of course we couldn't do that. You know, he was like, yeah, obviously that would be a huge challenge, but I think we would be up for it at the end of the day. We all just want to play as much football as possible. Oh, with a guy like Trey McBride, you genuinely believe that because, you know, he's the, he's the type of dude that probably would be willing to go face anybody on zero preparation as long as it meant he got to strap up and go out on the gridiron. That's what you love about him. But obviously, you know, college football in the in the grand scheme of things, much more complex than that, much more political. 
and I've already talked about a lot of that already. So, you know, we don't need to to dwell on it a ton. I just thought it would be good to play that audio and kind of give you guys those different perspectives. So, yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at. Um, as far as a gambling weekend goes, I'm really excited. This is always one of my favorite weekends for college football rivalry weekend. Uh, you've got the Iron Bowl. Obviously, I'm a big Bama guy. Really, really looking forward to that. But honestly, you know, there there's a ton of games I'm really intrigued by. Iowa State, one and a half point underdogs against Texas, plus 100 on the money line. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be willing to put some units on that. I think that game could definitely lean in the favor of Iowa State. You never know with Texas, though. They always win a stupid game that throws everything off. Another game that potentially, you know, could have an upset is Notre Dame, North Carolina. Notre Dame going in perfect. They're four and a half point favorites against North Carolina, but I really love the rushing attack that North Carolina brings to the table. I think they have the best one-two punch in the country. I don't know. I just it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw North Carolina really hang tough in this game. Uh, they're four and a half point dogs, like I said. Maybe you take them to cover if you're feeling more confident. Plus one fifty-five on the money line. That's not bad. A Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan. You know, not a lot of people are going to talk about that game on Friday. Eastern Michigan, seven-point underdogs. I love the Mac, man. It's just fun. Central Michigan games in general have been really exciting this year. I know people's perspectives are kind of weird on that with McIlwain, but I'm I'm rooting for him to have success, I suppose. There was a point in time where I was more bitter about that, uh, but ultimately, I think most people recognize CSU football probably wouldn't have a new stadium if it wasn't for Jim McIlwain, so no point in, in still being bitter all these years later. Another game I'm really looking forward to, Ohio State, Illinois. Illinois has been stingy this season. You know, they're 28 and a half point underdogs. I could really see them covering. You know, you might get a pissed off Ohio State team. So it does make me nervous. I think the the difference in talent is probably worth about 30 points. But will they actually do it? I don't know. That Ohio State secondary looks suspect as hell last week, man. Justin Fields looked a little human at times too. Indiana's really good. So, you know, maybe it's just a fact of Indiana's the second most legit team in the Big Ten, but I'd I'd flirt with that 28 and a half point spread uh covering if I'm Illinois there. I think that's I think that's the main games that I'm really looking forward to. Colorado USC has the potential to be kind of a fun game. Uh Pittsburgh Clemson has potential to get kind of weird. Northwestern Michigan State could get kind of weird. Northwestern heavy 13 and a half point favorites against Michigan State. It feels so, so weird to say that. Uh, Louisville Boston College actually I've, I've watched a lot of BC this year it's it's just kind of happened to be that way BC and Duke and then you know I guess I had plenty of games the last one I'm excited for San Jose State Boise State uh, Boise State 11 and a half point favorites against the Nick Starkle led Spartans this game's actually going to be on Fox at 2 p.m it's the main national game this new TV contract has been way better for the Mountain West I know people were kind of skeptical of it it sucks a little bit when you're on FS2, but honestly, being on ESPN2 doesn't even mean what it used to. And we're seeing a commitment to actually, you know, prioritize the Mountain West product. Last weekend, we had San Diego State and Nevada on the main CBS channel, primetime in the afternoon. Now we're going to get it on Fox the following weekend with Boise State, San Jose State. That's great exposure for the league. That's what the Mountain West needs if they're ever going to grow, if they're ever going to, you know, elevate. That's the thing about the American Conference. They just get more exposure because more people on the East Coast watch them. They don't stay up and watch the Pac-12 or the Mountain West. I could rant about that for days, but 
I'm really excited about those. And then, you know, the last game I'm really intrigued by, Nevada-Hawaii. The late night game starts at 9 p.m. Mountain Time. You know, Hawaii is always a different team at home. It's going to be tough for Nevada. You know, you're coming in off a travel. We saw, you know, Hawaii hang tough against Boise State last weekend. And I think a lot of that had to do with Boise State traveling in, you know, the day before. Will it affect Nevada? We shall see. Make sure that you keep up with all the content that we have coming out. Obviously going to be talking about this Air Force game ad nauseum over the next couple of days. I really have some dope guests coming up on the Rams pod, and I'm I'm really excited about them. One guy who played for CSU recently and one guy who I grew up kind of idolizing a little bit. So it's going to be really a fun experience for me. Thank you to everybody that continues to support our content. Remember that we have those awesome, awesome Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales coming up. Stay safe out there. You know, if you are celebrating Thanksgiving, make sure that you do so responsibly. I just want everybody to, you know, be safe and, you know, still have their loved ones come holiday time. So it's it's been tough. It's been a long year. I'm a guy who loves Thanksgiving normally, and it just kind of sucks that there's so much just bleh around the entire holiday this year and, you know, so much controversy about whether we should even be having it in the first place. But just, you know, appreciate the little things. It's it's really all we can do. It's been tough. It's going to continue to be tough for the next couple of months. But we've made it this far. Keep your heads up. You know, just be a good person. That's all we can do. Much love, y'all. Have a very, very happy Thanksgiving.